Have you ever liked what you saw in Italy so much that you dreamed of actually moving there? I have to admit, I've been tempted myself. We're joined now on Travel with Rick Steves by two people who gave in to that temptation, and now they're living their Italian dreams. Anna Piperato left her job in 2014 and moved to Siena. Anne Long fell for a handsome Italian and settled down with him near Sorrento, above the scenic Amalfi Coast. Anna and Anne join us now to tell us their story. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, Rick. So, Anna, how did you end up in Siena? I studied Italian in college, fell in love with it, decided to move to Italy after college, moved to Turin, then ended up doing uh, graduate work in Manchester, became a professor, and then realized that I needed to get to Siena because I did my thesis on St. Catherine of Siena. Uh And every summer I went, and every summer it got harder to come back to the States. So I eventually just decided to move there. And that was a few years ago? Yes. And... uh you must like it because you're still there. I do. I love it. <laughs> Turin, by the way, a big industrial mm. city oh. in the north. No nonsense. Fantastic city, though. Best food, really. In Turin. Not oh. many people think about that, but you ended up in sort of the fairy tale medieval town of yes. Siena. <laughs> and Anne Long, what's your story? I changed my major twice in university and so decided to take a six-month break to go to Italy to try to learn the language because I'd been there on vacation before, and then after six months decided to stay and ended up marrying an Italian and been 38 years living in Sorrento. (laughs) 38 years in beautiful limoncello country. Sorrento, Uh, ice cream and limoncello, what else? Nothing better. I can't think of a more dolce vita place than (laughs) Sorrento. So now you've been there 38 years in a small town, a small community in Italy. Small community above Sorrento. Are you always the foreigner? Uh, You don't look Italian. I'm a foreigner. I definitely have strange ways the way I do things. Uh, It's foreign, but I've been absorbed into the community. They think of me as a local because I've withstood 38 years. (laughs) And you respect the norms. I do respect them. And there's a lot of my friends that were foreigners that have left since and they get no respect. I get Mm, the respect. So are you uh, accepted in the community? Are you taken seriously at community meetings or, yes. I don't know, parent-teacher meetings or whatever you might be into? You sit there at the table and, and you're part of the community. Sure, they'll ask me about my opinion about local ideas and things. And it has to do with me. I have a son. I'm raising family in the community as well. So it touches my life. Yeah. Now, Anna, I, I always think of Americans who settle down in Europe as expats. Yes. <laughs> But you're also just flat-out immigrants, I'm just an immigrant, exactly, which my friends in Siena always remind me of. Oh, here comes the immigrant. (laughs) What's the difference between an expat and an immigrant? Well, if we're going to be blunt, the color of your skin. Isn't that something? Yeah. (laughs) So you've been uh, living the immigrant reality. Yes. Well, for a a person who's coming from the rich world, basically. And uh, when you settle into Italy, I know in Italy relationships seem to be really important to get things done personally and in your in your work life. Talk about the importance of relationships in Italy. They're hugely important. And I think that had I not found myself in a contrada in Siena, I don't think I would have stayed because it's so important to be a part of a community. And I am the American in the she-wolf. So you really identify with the she-wolf district. Absolutely. That's, uh, Lupa? Yes, Italian. Lupa, exactly. Yeah, I know that because you guys won the uh, Palio two times in one year. Yes, we did. And Siena has this passion for the neighborhood. Yes. I mean, famously with these contrade. Yes, and I think that Siena is very much a walled city in, in both senses of the word because it, it has the walls that are still there from medieval times, but there's this walled mentality as well where it's hard to enter right. uh, and to become a part of the community. So I feel very lucky that I found myself in the Contrada and that they accepted me eventually. But like Anne said, it took a while. Oh, she's still coming back. So she is a local. She's staying yeah. here. Yeah, she, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Anne Long from Sorrento. 
when you talk with your neighbors and so on in Italy or out, uh, the passeggiata is the big thing. Sorrento's got a wonderful passeggiata. How probing, how deep are the conversations? What's it like when people are friends? Do they get to know each other or is it kind of superficial? It's always a, a very formal introduction when you first meet mm-hmm. somebody. Uh, they're only asking basic questions about uh, your name, maybe where you came from, mm-hmm. uh, why did you decide to come. But they don't really, it takes quite a while to get into the close relationship where you start to exchange more personal information. But also, you know, I'm in the south of Italy. That's where most of the immigrants from Italy went to America. They can't understand why I left. You went the other direction. I did. As those I did. That, I'm, everybody dreamt of immigrating to America, and I came the other way. So what are the cultural challenges? Anna Piperata, what did you find about how people would be different than what you may have grew up with in the States? Well, first, there is the language issue, of course. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, you get better every year speaking Italian, but mm-hmm. there's understanding the humor Mm-hmm. Uh, realizing that people are just, you know, when they're being sarcastic, you think they're being mean to you, but they're not. They're just... Because <laughs> the, it could be taken as, yes. that was insulting. That was pretty Yeah, the biting. Tuscans are very, very dry, and it takes a while to learn their sense of humor. And Is I there a directness? They are much more direct, yes. Okay. So now, you have to deal with a, a government that makes our government look like it's got its act together. <laughs> Well, and, and, you've, and you've been there for 38 years. <laughs> oh What's the attitude to the government? Because you get, you get all sorts of chaos in the Italian government. It's also what the Italians hear. They don't hear the whole story. Mm. You're bombarded over here with every single minute oh. being filled with what's going on. And he said this, and then he tweeted this and things. So the Italians are only picking up pieces here and there of the information. But they're still quite amazed that the superpower has gone towards someone who is like their Berlusconi. So we they have can, this, uh, right now, this uh, heightened awareness of sexual harassment in the United States. Right. Um, what's the perspective from Italy on that? Because when I look at Italian TV, it's just bimbo city. There's, oh, there's it no is. Oh, it's absolutely it's, none whatsoever. And yeah. nobody is saying a word. They're following what's going on, mm-hmm. but nobody's saying a word. They're not bringing it up. They don't see it as a problem. They're satisfied with the status quo as far as... Now, you're both women. Do you, do you think there's a underlying abuse here, or is that just part of the culture, Anna? Well, I find that this is the interesting thing about being an outsider, is that I'm allowed to have different perspectives, I'm allowed to voice my opinion in a different way than Italians might be able to. But, I mean, I think it's just, I don't want to be rude about my adopted country, but it's sick when you see, like, Wheel of Fortune, and then there's people dancing in the background, these these women just scantily clad. So it's just boy toys in the background as decoration. That serve no purpose. With no apology. No, no apology. Now, the bureaucracy, you guys live with the bureaucracy. I've dealt with the bureaucracy when I'm making my TV show. I can't believe the Mm. inane, i got to get a stamp for this permission. And the stamp shop, I mean, the little kiosk that sells these tax stamps is six blocks away, or it's closed (laughs) for lunch, or it's not open until Monday. And it cost me a dollar and a half for the stamp, but I still can't get this thing done until I get that stamp. And it's just enough to make me be rude right there in that office in Rome. What's it like living with the bureaucracy? Oh, my gosh. I mean, just for example, when you when you move house, you need to put your name on the electric bill. But in Italy, you need to pay for that right to change the bill. So it was 100 euro to change to get my name on the bill. When you go to the post office, you got to, you know, figure out which button to push to pay your bills to get a stamp. Oh, my gosh. And then <laughs> and uh, on top of that, you've got complicated taxes and the national pastime of 
tax evasion in Italy. Right. It, it becomes a real game. You know, they, they don't look at it seriously. It's just a, how do I figure out how to not pay the taxes? My guess is that taxes are twice as high as they need to be because they only hope to get half of the taxes they're billing. <laughs> well, they before. know. They know the, the Italians are evading them, so they're going to get them. In the end, the total is going to be there. They just have to be very imaginative on how to... Do. But some people have an easier time to wiggle around the taxes than others That's by the exactly nature of right. their income. See, the, the people like school teachers, they're very upset because they can't wiggle. They, and it's anybody yes. who can get into the black economy, mm-hmm. they've got it. I right. know a few years ago they had a law where everybody was required to both give a receipt and then keep that receipt until you're 100 meters away from that gelato stand or whatever. Right. You bought yes. a gelato, they give you a receipt for two euros, and a policeman can stop you 10 steps away if you don't have that receipt That's in right. order to make sure that people are That's not the taxes. way it is now, but a bread shop down the road, from me, they closed him down for three days because <gasps> he didn't do one receipt. Oh, one receipt? One receipt. So the, the police were there, saw him, that he didn't ring up one loaf of bread. He was closed for three days. Good <sighs> luck if you are in the Italian government trying to minimize bureaucracy, overcome corruption, get rid of bribes, and, and get tax uh, policy taken seriously. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Anna Piperato from Siena and Anne Long from Sorrento. And both of uh, our guests are Americans who have embraced Italy, moved there. They are expats. And what's it like being an American just from a legal point of view now? Do you have two passports? Are you still American and Italian? How does that work? And Uh, you've been there for 38 years. I'm a dual citizen, and uh, so is my son. So I pay taxes in Italy, you know, earning taxes, but I pay towards Medicare and a pension in America because... 30 years ago with my husband, we decided he was going for the Italian Social Security. I was going for the American and see if anything was valid when I retired. Good idea. Play Hmm. both sides. And uh, do you have that option to pay taxes in one country or the other? But one way or another, you need to pay your taxes. Right. Anna Piperato, how about you? Are are you a dual citizen and how do you deal with... uh, any of the legalities of maintaining that? Uh, well, I actually have an American passport and a British passport, so I am in Italy as an EU citizen. Oh, so Brexit. Now that's, a, that's <laughs> sort of a, you're you're playing the the EU uh, advantage here. Yes, this only way I can live there legally because I'm not married uh, mm-hmm. to an Italian. So my mother's British, uh, born and brought up. So I mm-hmm. was able to get my British passport in 2014. As soon as I got it, I left my job uh-huh. <laughs> to live in Italy. Brexit happened, but it seems that I can stay. Because if you were a resident before Article 50 was triggered, then you can stay as so a resident. So you're grandfathered in. Exactly. So really, Brexit, it, it sounds like it might have a devastating impact on Brits abroad. But if yes. you're there, settled, it's, there's a reasonableness in this and you're grandfathered yes, in. Yes, exactly. Trying to minimize the disruption Britain leaving the EU would exactly, cause. Exactly, yes. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been learning about being an expat in Italy with Anna Piperato and Anne Long. All of us know that Italy is sort of charming because of its, what people like to say, bella chaos, the beautiful yes. chaos. <laughs> and um, if you just couldn't handle the corruption and, and the traffic jams and the temper tantrums, you'd probably enjoy Denmark a little more. <laughs> but you guys clearly enjoy Italy. What are the pluses that make all of these uh, little minuses relatively insignificant? Let's just close with that. Uh, what every, charms you about Italian life? Yeah, every time I have to come back to America to f- remember mm-hmm. what charms me in Italy, because when I come back, things move too fast here. It's so relaxed, uh, more downtime, more. Uh, they're not so serious about everything in life. Mm. We'll work at. We got our six hours or eight hours to worry about it, but forget about it after that. In America, they're just constantly got to get a bigger car, bigger house, more money, move for the job. That's not. Wow, that's a huge philosophical difference that we could do. Big, I big. Mean, 
it's more than just a radio interview. That's pretty fundamental. And a piperato. Well, despite all the headaches we talked about, you're never far from a beautiful espresso or a lovely glass of wine, a wonderful plate of pasta. And you're just surrounded by beauty. When I'm in a bad mood, I just have a walk and I look at those medieval walls. I look at that Madonna on the corner and I'm just filled with joy. And it sounds cheesy, but it's true. Beauty feeds my soul. And so living in Italy, living in Siena, seeing the Duomo, you know, at midnight, just walking by, it just makes me feel alive. So La Dolce Vita is more than a a romantic movie. It is Mm. really the essence of Italy, embracing life, living it with your neighbors. and Mm. uh, You live longer. You live longer. It's true, the Italians have a much longer lifespan than we do, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope it rubs off on both of you (laughs) expats. Anna Piperato and Anne Long, mille grazie. Grazie tanto. Grazie, grazie. Each year, Rick Steves Tour Guides take thousands of free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece, and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.